The following episode of The Walking Dead Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier source of spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Choose from their extensive catalog of over 215,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, comedy specials, magazine and newspaper publishers, business information providers, as well as many other products. Audible is also the preeminent provider of spoken word audio podcasts for Apple's iTunes Store. In addition to audio programs from outside publishers, Audible.com introduces Audible Studios. Matching the most imaginative and esteemed authors with the world's best performers, including Academy Award winners, respected stage actors, and Juilliard graduates, Audible Studios produces a diverse catalog of engaging audio ventures for every age. Sign up today for your free, no-obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. You'll get a free audiobook, and you'll be helping to support The Walking Dead podcast. So head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash dead and start a new adventure today. And now, we're pleased to present the latest episode of The Walking Dead podcast. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. It's The Walking Dead podcast. Got any advice for me? Yeah, I'd say make a run for it. This is The Walking Dead Podcast, a podcast dedicated to The Walking Dead television show on AMC and The Walking Dead comic from Image Comics. Come on, come on! So sit back, relax, and join the herd. And welcome to another episode of The Walking Dead Podcast. I'm Scott, and here with me, as always, is Senor Gary. Call me Morales. Senor. How's <laughs> that? Muy bien, ¿y tú? Sí. Así, así. That devolved quickly. Yes. Well, I see, I see, means so so. No, I know. <laughs> okay, I was just like that. Well, greetings, everyone. Gary, I suppose mm-hmm. congratulations are in order. This is what? the 200th episode of the Walking Dead podcast. Wow. But more specifically and more importantly, this is the 116th episode of the Gary and Scott era. Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! Oh, that's some nasty shit right there. Yeah, it's. Yes. Don't you feel So in eighty four episodes we'll actually celebrate? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll each have donuts at the same time. I don't know. <laughs> we'll turn the web camera ma- cameras on so we can see each other eating an artisanal, Sadly eating our <laughs> artisanal donut from uh I don't know if they have those up by you. Oh we should have the white chocolate macadamia cookies. That's true. We should do yeah. that instead. 
Do they have artisanal donuts up by you? Uh, I wouldn't know where to get them. I mean, if you mean like a fancy, like a mom-and-pop donut store where they have specialty donuts. Not just specialty. It's like the topping that they put on. They have a donut, and then they put like a very fancy decoration on it. Really? Some type of, oh, yeah. There's a place here called Moho Donuts Mm -hmm. where they've got like the white chocolate death donut. I mean... I'm kind of concerned about eating any food that has the word death in it, but yeah, I've seen something called death by chocolate. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the uh, little clip they do on Saturday Night Live where they have a big bar of chocolate <laughs> that goes around stabbing people. <laughs> oh, that's uh, funny. It has a, like a smiley face in it, then when it gets near you, it just starts stabbing you and killing you. Death by chocolate. I haven't seen that one, but that's great. <laughs> they haven't had it, I don't know why. This is, uh, no, they have like, this is just this really... Rich uh, white frosting of white chocolate that's put on top of the donut, mm-hmm. and they, it's, a, it's a whole cottage industry, artisanal donuts. Hmm. And the great thing is the donut by itself is great too. I've gone in there and had a couple of the donuts plain, without the stuff on them. But really shouldn't be eating that, you know. Well, good thing you're walking all those steps. True, true. <laughs> Many steps, but. Yeah. Perhaps by the 300th episode, we'll have fireworks or something. But today, you get the show for the Walking Dead Podcast Special Edition, Unmilestone Edition. Woohoo! Or episode. Either way. So. I'm very popular, y'all! Anyway. <laughs> this is episode 200. I'm very popular, y'all! Of the podcast. But first, the boilerplate. As always, you can leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com or by posting a comment on our Facebook page, and you know where that is by now. Gary, I think it's on Facebook. It is on Facebook. Nice. I myself have withdrawn from Facebook. I Me only too. go on there for our, uh, our Gus show. That's pretty much the only reason I ever check it, too. I can't do Facebook anymore. Yeah. Actually, I deleted them from my phone. Twitter. I just don't. It's a distraction. I don't need it. Instagram. All that stuff. <laughs> all of it? Yes. I have uh, I have washed that out of my hair, so to speak. And I feel much better. But you know what Scott hasn't washed out of his hair? We still have our voicemail line. You can call us at 561-501-1483 and let us know what's on your walking dead mind. Again, that's 561-501-1483. That's Gary speak for hurry the fuck up. <laughs> that's Gary speak for please call me because <laughs> no one ever calls the voicemail line anymore and it's cold and sad and lonely in there and don't tell people uh, that it is I mean I just you know I haven't heard from anybody in a long time and I just have to sit by this phone and wait for calls and we there's get, never anything we get calls but they're like usually wrong number oh yeah that's right Bob is this Bob no Bob's there's no Bob here oh shit okay thanks is this China King restaurant I want to order a large yeah. egg roll Yes, I'd like a smoke a lot of latte uh, delivered. It'll be cold by the time we get it to you, man. <laughs> I mean, don't do it. We're nice people, but yeah, you know. No, no. The guy was in like Seattle. I don't think oh, yeah. I'll get that coffee to you. you to, yeah. So now we move on from that to our main event: a recap of season eight, episode three, Monster. <laughs> 
was really good the way you did monsters. I like that. Yeah, I thought so. That's cool. I practiced that. <laughs> That's kind of sad. <laughs> the, right, the right octave of breath escaping. I was thinking somewhere between, you know, choking and being strangled when I said it, so. That's kind of macabre. Did it come out? Yeah. Did I was like, say wow, macabre? he sounds like... Yeah. I wasn't aware that was still in common usage. It's not. <laughs> just, just to be clear, it's not in common usage. Uh, well, I, just... I think things are going very swimmingly at this point. Anyway. <laughs> like, swimmingly? Smashing. You can just hear, like, <laughs> like Joe West going, swimmingly? <laughs> yeah. Can you hear that in your mind? Jesse Martin, swimmingly? Yeah. <laughs> And then Cisco going, yes, swimmingly. Why? <laughs> I read. Yeah, and then Harry going, you're an idiot. Anyway. Yeah. That's about right. I love that show. Me too. I uh, I really like this episode. And again, I cannot say enough about how much I am in awe of Scott Gimple's ability to, or the process he's using to adapt the source material. Very well done, sir, I'd say. Very well done. I agree. There's only one thing I was kind of like, I wish they could have done more with that, but the second after that, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'm on board with that, too. Actually, um, <laughs> to add into that, the one thing I really love in the adaptation, and um, they focused more on this week than they have any previous week, but now they're really getting into the, the war of things, per se. Um, I love that they're... They're showing again. They they always try to go to duality, you know, and us versus them, and do we want to become them, and are we just as bad as them, and all these little discussions going on. Um, you know, I really love the the symbolism and the the clash of uh, points of view and things like that. We'll get more into that, but I just thought it was really cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Although. Yeah, I do and I don't. I know what you're saying, that it's been well done, but I don't... I'm, I guess I'm a little tired of that whole conundrum argument. Um, but no, I agree with that. the way they're doing it. It's really cool. But I'd be a little disappointed if they were just going in there and executing everyone and not having any conversation like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, if they true. just went to all of a sudden just murdering people for no reason and then well, I mean, well, a reason. There is but, no reason. There is a reason. Yeah. I, I was just <laughs> for assholes. a reason, but yeah. But I mean like you're just murdering all of them. If they just went and did that from being a group that was more just defending themselves and now they're going out and just killing, you know, I think that needs to be discussed a little bit. I suppose. <laughs> I'd be discussing it like, all right, we talked about this for 15 seconds, so we're <laughs> we're not doing it. Yeah. Like, we're just going to, well, I'll get to that in a minute. There's a lot I liked in this episode, and uh, of the three so far this season, I think this one is my favorite to this point. I agree. Oh, good. I wasn't sure if you would be like, I thought the premiere was better. No, I actually, I agree with you, and um, I think we'll agree on a lot of our points, too. So okay. I'm excited to talk about it. That is always good. Yeah, that means that means you're thinking. Uh, you're thinking in the right direction. Yeah, I'm. I'm or, uh, or using I am. my my or smart hat today. Or I am. We'll <laughs> Let's just say we both are. <laughs> we'll go with the second one. We we'll go with the second one. I'm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking along the right lines. So if I agree with you, then I've accomplished a lot that day. I, I don't know if that's the bar you want to set yourself to, but <laughs> all right. Okay, fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not going to fucking compliment you anymore. <laughs> episode 200, the final well, episode, your, everybody. Take, <laughs> go home and get your shine box. Anyway. <laughs> um, let's go dive right into it. The, the Morgan Jesus Smackdown. I am not ashamed to say this. I was rooting for Morgan the entire Me time. Me too. I didn't think he'd win. <laughs> I didn't think he'd win the fight, and I must say that Jesus has almost uh, metahuman reflexes. I mean, it's almost like, you know, they practiced that fight beforehand. Because <laughs> he, like, knew where every blow was coming, and I'm like, oh, they had to do this beforehand. Yeah. In their minds. <laughs> I love how they showed, like, once he became kind of, I don't want to say fractured, but you could see Morgan was obviously shaken after... Uh, getting through that building in the last episode. Um, yeah. And I liked how it not only showed that, you know, this is how effed up everything is in this guy's head, that he he's just going to fight this guy, but uh, his kind of default was he goes back to his teachments from Eastman. Um, and because he had, like, a the vibe he had, especially when he started, like, mumbling towards the end and stuff like that, he reminded me of Claim Morgan. Or not Clay Morgan, uh, Cleared Morgan. Cleared Morgan, yeah. Yeah, like when he was unhinged. Um, and then his default right after that was to use his bow staff training from Eastman. Um, and very aggressively. Uh, but I, I loved how well that worked. And I was, like you, I was rooting for Morgan. But, you know, I liked that, uh, I liked that he didn't just go down easily. You know, like, there was a few times it looked pretty close, and then, of course, Jesus was able to fight him off, but... Well, I, uh, I, 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 didn't, I did appreciate the fact that Jesus is like, look, I know the guy's upset, so I'm not gonna... I'm just gonna fight enough to tire him down. You could right. tell Jesus wasn't trying to injure him or hurt him, he was just trying to get him to, to hit him enough so that he got tired and stopped fighting, or maybe he snapped back to it. The thing that's interesting is that he said something. I don't remember what he said to Morgan at the end, but it's very clear Morgan was not there. Mm -hmm. Because he looks up and he goes, what? And then he said, I know I'm not right, but that doesn't mean I'm wrong yeah. about this. And that's that's interesting, too. He knows he's not. He's like, I know I'm not you know, right in the head, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm wrong about this. And, you know, I... I think that I I don't want to say. I think Jesus is just extremely naive about this. I understand the point of view he's trying to make, but I don't agree that taking no prisoners in this situation makes them as bad as Negan, because we know that's not true. I mean, e even if you try to make the argument, well, Negan didn't do what he did until they killed a bunch of his guys at the grow house. Mm -hmm. well, the reason why they killed a bunch of the guys at his grow house is because they got information, particularly from... If it was just from Gregory, that'd be one thing, but it was Jesus verified this, and we know that Jesus is an honest and honorable person, however naive he may be. <laughs> and he told them what they did. They To make a point, they just beat this kid to death at the hilltop. And they did that. The hilltop didn't do anything to them. So we know it's you know it's not that they're they're innocent and Rick just killed them all, and that's the operation that this is this is the point of view that it's coming from you know that Negan would have they would be in exactly the same place whether they had a shot at Negan first because they were already had been noticed by some of the saviors mm -hmm. before they did what they did 
and at the grow house. And so eventually the saviors would have come calling and would have done the exact same thing and would have just bashed somebody else's head in as an as an example. Mm-hmm. Or they would have killed some of their people who were out, you know, scavenging around. So um, if I were someone who had watched Negan bashing the heads of two people that I, were part of my group, along with everything else we knew, I would be like totally Klingon about it. I wouldn't be taking any prisoners. I would have shot <laughs> them all, especially <laughs> yeah. that asshole that... Is trying to mess with Morgan all the time. I don't remember his name. Jared? Mm-hmm. The guy who killed the little kid. Yeah, I think it was Jared. Yeah. I would have, I would have, like, broke his jaw with yeah. that bow stuff. You know, and in the fight that started, remember that um, Morgan shoots one of the prisoners who's trying to escape, and then when he's lying up to take another shot at Jared, Jesus comes up and hits him. To knock off, you know, to knock off his aim. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, oh, and butt stroke. Jesus upside the head, you know. You, and so I understand. Um, plus, you know, it takes more resources to care for these people. What are they supposed to do with them? Yeah. He's like, oh, we'll put them in two trailers in the back. Okay, yeah, you still have to feed them. Well, that's and what I what forget. Do who, when they go to the bathroom. Yeah, I forget who brought that up, but they're like, it's not a permanent solution. Like, what are, they, what are we going to do with these people? You know, you know then, like... And then, you know, just basic stuff. Is mm-hmm. there a functioning bathroom in that trailer? Are you going to, you know, how are you going to bathe them? Because eventually mm-hmm. it's going to get pretty ripe in there. You're probably going to be ripe as soon as you put them in since you walk them all there. Yeah. From wherever you were. And then, you know, what happens if some of them try to escape and maybe they kill somebody that's guarding them? Are you going to just go, well, we don't kill. We don't, you know, they surrendered. And of course, they're they're gonna try to escape, like mm-hmm. they did on the road. So, you know, I'd probably be consumed by my hatred. But you know, what can you do? <laughs> but I mean, I'm with you. I don't, I don't agree with Jesus. Like I said, I'm I'm kind of glad in a way that someone's bringing these conversations up, just sure. because otherwise, to me, it would be kind of stale if they literally just each episode they go and attack another base maybe one or two of them die they kill a bunch of saviors and then they all go home like patting each other on the back you know what i mean if it was just like that mm-hmm. which i mean that doesn't really sound like walking dead really either that but doesn't that sounds kind of out of character for these people we know but i mean just thing. just the idea of like if it was literally just them killing and killing and and no no one having a crisis of conscience you know or feeling bad about it or trying to think of a different way to deal with the people that surrendered or Whatever you know, mm-hmm. that, that wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like the group to just ignore. Yeah, it'd be out of character. You know, so I, I'm I'm glad they're doing something like it, but at the same time, I was so annoyed with Jesus. I was just like, dude, like, why yeah. are you doing this? And, and, and then, what? Go ahead. I was just gonna say, and then the fight between him and Morgan, even though, not that they vilified Morgan, but they showed he had like a kind of psychic break, and it, they made it appear that he was in the wrong for doing it, but. I was rooting for Morgan, too, because I was like, just smack the heck out of that guy, you know, but, uh... Yeah, I know he wasn't going to beat him, though. No. He's clearly, he's clearly significantly older than Jesus, and Jesus yeah. is like a a ninja. And as skilled as Morgan is, even if he was totally clear in the right frame of mind, he doesn't, he's not going to get Jesus. No, no. No. And that, and that is a, that is a, a nod to the comic. Just like when they met him, when Rick and Daryl meet him. Oh, yeah. Um, is that he, like, 
takes down Michonne and he disables, basically overpowers Michonne and Abraham and he takes Abraham hostage hmm. and has to speak with uh, to Rick. And that that's a pretty cool scene if you ever, if anybody ever explores that in the graphic novel when they first yeah. meet Jesus. You know, they based, they did something similar, but in the, it's a little bit more powerful of a statement in the graphic novel because it's Michonne and Abraham that he overpowers. Abraham, after yeah. he grabs Abraham, he's like, he tells Michonne, just go get Rick. <laughs> so, Well, that's why, another thing, that's part of the notes I had, was it was just cool to see Ninja Jesus again. Because we don't get to see him do that a whole lot. No. You know, like you said, they did a bit of that in his introduction episode. You know, once or twice we've had some uh, melee fight scenes with Jesus where we've seen a little bit of that, but never really to that level. So it was cool to just see him, like, and not even fully unleashed, because like you said, he was just kind of being defensive and trying to tire out Morgan. Um, but yeah. it was cool to see that, you know, he had that in him still. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. As wrong as he may be. <laughs> yeah. My next thing was Morales. Morales. I thought, you know, it was an interesting conversation. Um, pl- plus, he's never really developed a relationship with Rick. He points it out. Well, because I knew you for a couple of days. Yeah. You know, a while back. Um, I'm interested. I would be interested to find out, although I doubt they'll ever do anything with it, how he ended up going to Birmingham and then ended up in by Washington. Yeah. Uh, and how he didn't get caught up in Terminus or any of that. But uh, when he... I was a little disappointed when he got taken out, right up until Rick goes, you know who that was? And Daryl goes, I know exactly who it was, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought Daryl was the highlight of the whole mm-hmm. thing, because he's like, he's had enough. They tortured him, they starved him, they beat his ass, and so now he's like, fuck him. Plus, killed his two of his close friends right in front of him. Yeah, and then he and then he shoots. Uh, and plus, he's really mad because he blames himself for what happened to, to, to Glenn. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the thing when the kid is talking to them, and then Rick assures the kid they let him go, and then when they're the guy goes, "Can I leave now?" and Daryl just shoots. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Let's go." <laughs> he shoots him, and then Rick is like, "Oh," and Daryl's like, "Let's go." I'm like, "Damn." That, yeah. <laughs> That's one thing they referenced in um, Talking Dead. I don't know. Did you get to watch it this week? I did. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about it even before they mentioned it. So I'm glad they had that thought too. And they kind of reinforced it. That was what kind of what they were going for. Um, with uh, Rick, they I forget who said it. I think it was Hardwick who said it. Mm-hmm. That um, Morales kind of uh, reset Rick almost. And not fully reset, but made him think about who he used to be and where he's going and kind of, um, I forget how he worded it, but not, not the, to totally be officer friendly again. Um, but to have a little bit more of that, like, like basically to not lose his way completely, you know, that he wants to hold on to mo- a little more of that humanity. And you could see he was shaken when Daryl just killed Morales like that. Like he, Rick was trying to talk him down, um, you know, and, not necessarily that he wasn't going to kill himself, you know, soon, yeah. but he wasn't expecting him to die so suddenly. He was expecting to hopefully talk him down and maybe work something out, you know, and then he was just gone, and there was nothing he could do about it. And he's like, okay, and he kind of deals with that, and he goes and walks away, and then they find this kid, 
and then Daryl just instantly murks the kid right in front of him too, and hey. you can see like not shock on his face, but just kind of like oh jeez, like yeah, I think you know, he was just surprised because it just happened so quickly, and he he did tell the kid I'll let you go. I imagine he meant it. Yeah, but Daryl didn't tell him that. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's the thing, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I no. feel like I feel like Rick was not necessarily shaken by seeing Morales again, but it kind of reminded him of the guy he used to be, and he was almost trying to kind of not necessarily bring that back, but you know, have a little more heart and try to talk the guy down instead of just shooting him in the face, point blank, no questions, you know, like Daryl's been doing. Um, and then Daryl kind of took the choice out of his hands, <laughs> and you can see he was a little... He was a little surprised. Taken aback, yeah. Taken um, aback, yeah. But yeah, yeah I thought but, that was uh, really cool. I might not have shot that kid, but I completely understand why Daryl did, and I'm okay with it. Bottom line, if I was in that environment, I'd want every last savior dead, including, yeah. including Eugene. Especially and, Eugene. I don't know how they're going <laughs> to work that out. Yeah. I'd be like, Eugene just needs to die. And you Honestly, know what? I'm gonna shave, I hope shave he that stupid thing off his head. He's not first, going to shave his He's head first and then die. Come, no, I know he'll come back. But I would just be like, we're shaving that stupid haircut off first. We're gonna make him look in the mirror and then we're gonna bang, <laughs> throw him, throw him off a cliff or something. Yeah, throw him off a cliff. Yeah, dork. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's, he's a traitor. What are you gonna do? Yeah. I'm just interested to see they how they work that out. But anyway, so uh, real quick, what did you think overall of their use of Morales uh, to kind of show that they're not necessarily they're both the same, but like he was broken too. You know, and it wasn't like a simple crossover. It was a little different. You know, um, it 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 inserted a very interesting segment in there. It wasn't very long, so they didn't really knock the story in a different direction. It was interesting, but again, they could have proceeded without it. The baby, him finding the baby could have been Mm -hmm. used to do the whole, um, you know, him pausing for a second to consider what he's doing. Yeah. And indeed, people were like, did he just leave the baby? But then, of course, he brings the baby out at the end. I love how Hardwick and Talking Dead was like, it took a very long time to get to it, but I'm glad they showed that they saved the baby. Yeah, because I I thought they weren't going to bring it up again. Me neither. There is one part that I forgot, one thing I forgot to write in here, and I I thought it merits, it certainly merits mentioning because it's a significant part of the episode, was the the last scene between um, Aaron and Eric. Mm. I thought... And rarely am you going to hear me say that I like something the way they did on TV better than the way they did it in the comic. One of those things I I say a lot is I think that TV Negan is more realistic as mm-hmm. far as somebody who's like Negan than the one in the book in a very subtle way. The one in the book often makes these almost comic soliloquy yeah. uh, orations. And it seems like the way Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays Negan is more what you would really see if you had somebody like Negan. He's, I think it's all obviously simplistic to say Negan is a sociopath. I don't think he's a sociopath. He's just, he's in charge and these are the rules by which we live. 
And he does have a code of conduct, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't believe in violence towards women. Um, he kills the guy who's trying to rape Sasha. Yeah. And he does have a certain set of rules he operates by. And I forget where else I read that. There's, Oh, yeah, in, um, I think Jesus even mentions it. If you in the book, not in the mm-hmm. TV show, that he's a monster to us, but there's rules that he operates by. If you operate within those rules, you can work with him, and he'll work with you. His rules are very Machiavellian and draconian, but if you follow the rules, you can work with him. Yeah. In the book, now in the in the TV show, it's not quite that way because he's clearly like um, he's a tyrant, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he does have a code that he operates by, and he's sort of an, and he's not a he's not like a boilerplate villain. He's a very complex character, which yeah. is clearly why Jeffrey Dean Morgan was interested in playing the part, even though he's also a fan of the book and like wanted to be Negan. But the way the <laughs> complexity and nuance that he brings to the character are really make it. I think better than Negan in the book. Although Negan in the book is still phenomenally interesting. Yeah. In this next sense, the 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 final scenes between Eric and Aaron are better because they just don't happen in the book. That's what I was going to ask you because I really don't recall an yeah. Eric death scene, at least not a poignant Eric, one like that. Right. Eric is not a big character. Period. He's actually mm-hmm. more of a more of a character you see more often in the book. On TV, he's been in just a handful of scenes. Um, so I'm glad that they gave him this very important scene at the end. Um, because in the book, he's just shot in the head during the attack, and he dies right away. And all you see is him get hit, and then the next scene is Aaron is sitting there with uh, Eric's dead body is wrapped up on the ground, and he's sort of just being depressed. Mm-hmm. In the show, as we see, they have this nice moment at the end, and then Eric tells him to go, continue, and then when he comes back, he sees that Eric's turned, and then he's walking off. And I thought that was just a really very creative and very moving way to to you know put the frame on that interaction between, well, for Aaron being the more significant character to the story. But they mentioned that in the they were both guests on The Talking Dead. Uh, I thought that was just the way it was done was very very well done. I thought. And I wholeheartedly I, agree. Yeah, I really liked the way they did it. And I've even mentioned like this the breakup scene between Abraham and Rosita. I didn't like mm-hmm. it on TV because yeah. it makes Rosita seem weak, and she's not. I remember we both thought that. Yeah. Right in the book when he tells her like he tells her the same thing. I thought you were the last woman on earth, and you're not. In the TV, she gets all upset and cries mm-hmm. and almost begs him not to leave. In the book, she's like, when he says that to her, she's like, fuck you, and then storms out. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was so much better because it's so much more fitting for her character. Yeah, it is. Um, and she's a, it, she's a great character. Um, one thing I wanted to mention for uh, our listeners that might not have watched Talking Dead, uh, I really enjoyed that they uh, when they had... The actor plays Eric on. I forget his name. I know he has a hyphen last name, but I forget. Uh, but anyways, Let's call, um, him, call him Bob. Yeah, Bob, who plays uh, Eric on Walking Dead. Um, 
I, I really liked though what they did with his uh his whole character basically. But I love how um they even mentioned in the Talking Dead that they don't normally necessarily let the actor who played the role like have a zombie send off like that, especially a minor character like him. Yeah. Um, but he kind of offered, he's like, cause they wanted to do that scene of showing him walking away and then he didn't really focus on it. So in the episode, you, unless you zoomed in, maybe or paused it, you couldn't even necessarily tell it was the same actor, no. but it was cool that he got to have that moment, yeah. you know, and, and that, that they, it put a little, they put a little bit of makeup on him, you know, just yeah. for distance, but you can't see. I just and, assumed and, it was somebody else. And it played for, uh, Ross Marquand as well. You know, like it gave him uh, yeah. an obvious thing to focus on to get that uh, that real emotional reaction they were looking for out of it. You know, yeah. and it was really cool. And I, I don't know. I guess I mentioned. I guess I remember them mentioning it before, but I just assumed they met after everything fell apart. But it appears that no, they were a couple before. They were a couple yeah. before society collapsed. That when oh. everything was normal, they were together then. Because he I didn't says. Know that. Well, he says, um, and they may have mentioned it at that dinner scene where Daryl has dinner with them, mm-hmm. um, you know, 20 years ago, whenever that was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Aaron mentions that this is, was his boyfriend of many years. You know, they mentioned that, too, in, um, in the episode, I mean, in Talking Dead. They said, the, you know, they were together for a few years, but they didn't really explain... Uh, no. how long that was. So I didn't really think about it, but I didn't realize they were together before. Well, I remember in a previous episode of Talking Dead when Ross Marquand was on, he mentioned that he, they kind of worked out a little bit of the backstory and they just believed that these are two people that met like in the Peace Corps or on some sort of thing that they were doing mm-hmm. before they got into their whatever their careers were. Because they don't really go into anybody's career, really, prior to the apocalypse, other than yeah. Rick and Shane and uh, Deanna, who we know was a congresswoman. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we don't know. I mean, they never really mentioned it, but perhaps Ross was on her staff, or uh, Aaron was on her staff. Yeah. Or he was on the staff of another congressman, or he worked for a think tank or an NGO in Washington. Interesting. Yeah. But... I, I'm, you know, I, I know why they don't do that, but it would be nice once in a while. Well, now for me, the the final scene was really well done. Oh um, yeah. When and I've seen, I've seen other programs where they do a very similar thing, where a character notices something that's about to happen, mm-hmm. and it's just like, it's really too late for them to stop it, but they just give this warning right at the last minute, seconds before it happens. One the one comparable example I'm thinking of is when uh, in Star Trek Three, mm-hmm. the Klingons have boarded the Enterprise and they get up to the bridge, and the one Klingon, Kirk and the other people have beamed down to the planet, mm-hmm. the Genesis planet, and yeah. the other Klingon says he calls back Commander Krug. This is Christopher Lloyd's character, who's on the Klingon ship, and he says the ship appears to be deserted. Um, the only thing it it appears to be run by computer. It's the only thing speaking, and the commander Krug says, "What? 
speaking, let me hear it. And the guy puts the, the communicator up to the speaker in the <laughs> self-destruct sequence. He's going, five, four, and then you, then they go back to the camera on Krug, and he's like, get out of there! Get out! Get out of there! And then, <laughs> boom, and then the whole thing explodes. Wow. <laughs> So this yeah. is great where, where Ezekiel's looking around, they have this happy moment and he he sees the the top of that structure and he sees the guys moving around and he realizes they're about to get hit and he goes, Scatter just as the guy opens up with the machine gun. And then they show those guys get black blasted and the bullets are heading straight for Ezekiel. <laughs> and then um all those people jump on Ezekiel to knock him down. Yeah. I don't know if one of them was Jerry. It wasn't. That's right. That's right. I remember now. Yeah. Um, that was a trivia question. Yep. Right. That's why I, I remember. Knew. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even notice it at the time. Yeah, I remember because of the trivia question. Speaking of Jerry, you realize one of the specialty packs that they released this week on the Talking Dead No Man's Land was the Battle Axe? Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. I was like, should I? <laughs> should I? Yeah. No. I'm not spending money on that game anymore. No, I'll play it a bunch. The, the most I'll do is the the two dollar gas yeah. for 24 yeah. hours. That's the most I do. You really and it, they did have an autumn bundle or something that was either two ninety nine or four bucks yeah, or something, and I got that. But you that's, really you really don't need to, no, it, because you can play. You know, as long as you're you don't mind. Like I don't on, on SimCity, don't have to. As long as you're willing to wait, however long it takes, it's great because the times don't change. They're the yeah. same. Some of these games, when you buy stuff, the next time it's more expensive and takes longer, and it's more expensive, and it gets ridiculous. Yeah. Game of War was like that, which is I why I it. don't play that anymore. <laughs> really, unless you're buying packs, there's no way that you can play Game of War without it being, like, stupid. Yeah. So yeah. It just, it, and it's got it's a victim of its own success. It's so ridiculous now. I, I thought about trying it at one point, but then you, I remember, told me how bad it, how bad it got. It. So don't I do did. it, Gary. Don't. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, I remember when I really liked it, and it was almost addictive, but then at a certain point, I'm like, what in the fuck am I doing? This is stupid. <laughs> There's no way you can possibly ever catch up or keep up with people who are... Well, I mean, some people drop thousands of dollars on that game. For me, a game that you play on your phone, that's ridiculous. That is. Completely. The reason why I like the, the Walking Dead No Man's Land, in addition to the fact that I, it's it's fun, is you don't have to spend any money at all if you don't want. Yeah. You can do all that you need to do without spending a dime. So. Um, anyway, I have one more I, I, thing the, I wanted the, to throw in with that final scene, though, too. Yeah, go ahead. I love how on Talking Dead they mentioned... Um, Carrie Payton, who plays Ezekiel, right. uh, he had a comment that he's like, I don't want anything good to ever go ha uh, well, or anything to ever go well for me on this show, because then that means something really bad is about to happen. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and it's kind of true, because like the whole episode, they were having, you know, they would flash back to what yes. what was going on with Ezekiel and his group, and they just took out a whole squad of men. They're like, we didn't lose one person, yay! And then our they first, go on to the next yeah. one. Our first you victory know. should bring us yeah. a second, and our second shall deliver us our third. Yes. It worked pretty well for a while, but... Like, shut up, man. You're jinxing it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, when the professor doesn't show up when the class starts? Mm -hmm. The rule is, if the professor doesn't show up for 15 minutes, you can leave. Yep. Right? And some asshole always says it. 
out mm-hmm. loud, and then right mm-hmm. after that, the professor walks in. Like, you dumbass. <laughs> you jinxed it. Oh, man. And, like, when the professor doesn't show up, everybody's like, shh. <laughs> Nobody say it. And then we just wait. <laughs> and usually, if somebody doesn't say it, the 15 minutes passes, and everybody like, now get out before he shows up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's funny. So, I, um... I thought it was a great way to end the episode, and it was really well choreographed. And, you know, things were going too well anyway, <laughs> as you said. So. Yeah. And we know that's not the way the story works in the source story. So I'm really, really almost scared to see when the sh- other shoe drops. Mm-hmm. Probably going to be much worse. I would think so. Because in the book, I don't remember them having a machine gun or more than one. They have something else they use, but I bet they're going to have, like, artillery. Yeah. Or a, or tanks. Or, <laughs> what's that? That sounds like a helicopter. It'll be like that scene in Red Dawn when they get trapped. They get mm. tricked into taking that food. Yeah. And they go sit on that rock, and then they're, like, eating, and all of a sudden, just when it's too late, they hear the helicopters pop up over the over the rocks, and then bam. We'll just see it be MI-24 Russian helicopters. He's got him. He's got his own <laughs> Negan Air Force. Anything else? <clears throat> uh, we do have one little piece of feedback, though, from uh, our good pal Jason Nemiroff on awesome. Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, after last week's episode, he had this comment. He said, hello, guys. This episode was an interesting one. Had some ups and downs. I enjoyed how well-planned the invasion was. I just wish they showed more on how Dwight is helping, not just that one scene. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, I agree, too. I mean, it would be nice to see a little more of, you know, Dwight. Uh, Did Rick... uh, What? They didn't really have that in the book, so, I mean, they did have already more of him than... We never see him, like, doing anything like that until the pushback. Mm. And I did mention, though, too, when I I sent a little reply out to Jason, I feel like they're probably going to have at least one episode during this whole war... Uh, focusing on the saviors, and I'm sure in that episode right. we'll see more of Dwight and Eugene and, you know, what's going on with that crew. This is otherwise known as episode six. Oh, okay. I knew it was going to happen at some point. I just didn't know what episode, but it's, cool. I believe it's the, the episode after next Sunday. Okay. Well, cool. Well, we have that to look forward to. Oh, I'm sorry. Episode, uh, episode five. Episode five, I'm sorry. Not six. Oh, yeah. So two weeks. Okay, gotcha. Right. Or, yeah, next week, right? Well, not this, not the next episode. Yeah, this was three. On the the, the, the 19th. Yeah. So, um, after that, he said, uh, did Rick ruin the attack with his speech and Jesus taking it so far? He said, nobody needs to die except one, and he will take him out himself. Is that why he's trying to save the saviors? This will bite him in the ass, I feel. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, probably. Um, (laughs) He will become... Lunch. Lunch. You have no idea what the people are thinking or feeling towards Negan. They need to show what Dwight is doing to recruit people within. I mean, that's an interesting point, and we'll probably hopefully see some of that. Uh, This might show why Jesus is doing what he's doing and not just killing anyone. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that has anything to do with Jesus. I think he's just just expressing, you know, a moral point. You know, if we're going to sit here and... and, uh, objectively view morality and philosophy, then yes, he's probably correct. 
a, the moral thing to do would be not to kill people who've surrendered. But I don't think the Geneva Convention applies anymore. <laughs> Plus, they're not wearing a uniform anyway, so, you know, there we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, Spies. <laughs> uh, then he says, I think Morales is going to show either he is in the crossover, like you said, or uh, word spreading to go north to survive. Sort of like a Terminus 2. But it's kind of a waste, I feel, because you know Daryl is going to place an arrow in the back of his skull next episode. Pretty Whoa. close. Dang. <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was thinking, no, that's not what's going to happen. No, no. Yeah, he was completely right. What do I know? Uh, <laughs> right. we, apparently, we should let Jason host this show. I, uh, <laughs> I've already, I've already uh, broached the subject. <laughs> Uh, what, what, so, uh, what would you do, though? What would you do then? Man, the phone lines? No, no, I'm saying it would be, oh. you, and, it would be <laughs> you and him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he then says, uh, will Gracie be adopted by Rick? No, Aaron. Uh, or just take that stuffed bunny and give it to Judith that we saw her holding in episode 8-1. I like it. That's funny. I never, I didn't realize that until he mentioned that, though, too. But she had a, the stuffed bunny that was shown with Gracie. Uh, in that flash-forward scene in 8-1. Um, but they didn't take the bunny Gracie had, so I'm he guessing mugged. that was just a prop. That he they... mugged, yeah, retcon. He <laughs> yeah. mugged the baby and took the... I'll take that. <laughs> it's like, here, and take Hancock. this baby. I'm taking this toy for my daughter. <laughs> Hancock, those were children. I just put out an apartment fire and my ass was hot. Go ahead. Nope. Uh, <laughs> that was it. Um... Okay. But I'm curious what you think about uh, his comment about uh, the whole thing with Dwight playing into Jesus and everything like that. I don't think it has any connection, per se. No. I don't know. I think you're right. I think Jesus is just trying yeah, to do think, the best he can to keep mora- uh, morality. I think, yeah, I think Jesus you is know? Just, just... He's looking at it from a philosophical perspective that yeah, we don't just you know, kill people who've surrendered. I mean, that's a that's a standard moral argument in warfare, in study of warfare anyway. Mm-hmm. And 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 obviously, it's policy of the U.S. military, not just in compliance with the Geneva, Geneva Convention, but in general. That once it once this, an enemy soldier has surrendered, you you take them into custody, and you're now responsible for their care. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this is not a world... I'm saying this is a world in which a morality like that, although preferable, is more of a luxury. And the other thing is, you clearly wouldn't be treated like that by them. And I'm not saying that whatever they do should determine what the other people do. Mm -hmm. But by the same token... Do we don't have the resources? Do we have the resources to care for prisoners? No. Mm. Guerrilla forces usually don't take prisoners unless they need to get information because one, then they have to drag those prisoners around wherever they go. They have to feed them, and they don't have a lot of food anyway. That's the other thing that they're not really discussing. How do they do all the things that they would need to do to affect the morality that Jesus is? is expressing. They have mm. to feed them, they have to care for them, they have to make sure they have clothes, 
that they have adequate shelter. You're sticking what, ten, twelve people into two trailers? Yeah. Um, they're going to get cramped. Are the conditions going to be acceptable? These are things that have to be considered if you're going to really be treating them with the type of morality that he's expressing. And then you're going to have to take them out of those... Tr- I doubt they've got plumbing. So you're going to have to take them out of there every time one of them has to go to the bathroom. They're going to figure out at some time that that's a vulnerability. Yeah. That when the guy comes in to, to bring people out, they can rush him. This happened in Afghanistan, I think it was. It's one of the first casualties. Hmm. Um, these guys were captured and they were kept in a basement. And the CIA was uh, going to work on getting information from them. And they, uh, one CIA guy was down there to start the interrogation. And they just sort of basically rushed them. Hmm. And then killed them. Because, uh, you know... There were far more of them. Yeah. So that's all they would have to do. Now, what happens to Jesus' point of view when they kill a guard trying to escape? And then maybe they get, they move through and they end up killing somebody else, or they take hostages and other people die, or they get a hold of more weapons, and in the process of subduing their insurrection, more people get killed. Well, now you have to weigh it. In the end, was the expensive resources worth what is essentially, we're in the middle of a war here for our very survival. Yeah. We want to be better people than the saviors, but can we and still survive? Because they will exploit that as a weakness. And, you know, you can make the argument, well, at least I die with a clear conscience. Well, you'll still be dead. Yeah. And in this environment, you know, dying with your principles intact is fine, but if you've got to provide for your children... And they're going to get killed now because you didn't take it. I mean, it's a conundrum. It's a big moral conundrum. The bottom line is it's it's what level of morality can you live without? What corners can you cut and still have self-respect? Yeah. And that's a question that can only be answered by the individual. I'm just saying, if I were in that position and I had seen and been through everything, particularly if I was Daryl, if I was mm-hmm. Daryl, Mercy would just not be on the agenda. Yeah. Even afterwards, I'd still be completely completely committed to killing Dwight. It wouldn't matter how much he helped us. Yeah. I would be committed to killing him because of what he was part of. I'll be disappointed if he doesn't at least, you know, try or show that he wants to. You know what I mean? If he doesn't, like, try to and get stopped or something, I think, you know, that would be disappointing. I think it's very likely that he'll he'll back off of it because something will happen between those two. Mm, could be. That'll make him like, I still think you're a piece of shit, but just stay away from me and I'll let you live. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, I mean, at the point of the story I'm in, Dwight hasn't reappeared, so. I mean, in mm. the comic, after yeah. this, I haven't seen Dwight again, so. They just mention what Dwight is doing at the time, mm. but they don't really... I haven't really seen him. We'll get into yeah. that when we recap that. That's out past the point of the story we're at. I'm I'm kind of reluctant in a way, Gary, to actually do comic recaps. Yeah. From the point of the source story that's after. Yeah. All Out War. However, on the other hand, we've done All Out War already, so anybody who was listening to them already knows how the source story concludes and what happens yeah. to Negan at the end. Mm-hmm. So does it really matter? 
I guess I not. Probably <laughs> not. Yeah. Because if you heard, that's the only reason I was like, let's do it, because we already, we already did All Out War, the whole thing, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Because it's, in the, in the book, All Out War ended, I think, in, uh, I want to say 2014. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I read, I read uh, the initial thing, the episode 100 is where Glenn dies. Glenn's the only one that gets killed with, the, with Lucille. Mm-hmm. Abraham was already long dead by this point. Um, that was episode, That was issue 100. And they're like on, I think they're on like issue 150 or something, or 160 now. Because mm. they only do one a month. Yeah. Except for that, All Out War was two, two a month for six months. Because they had a lot of story they wanted to tell. But. Yeah. It would have been better if I read it like that, but I read it basically all together, so I was like, well, this didn't take long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't true. But when I started reading it, I was reading it issue by issue, so it's like, that's it? Uh, i got to <laughs> wait a whole month? Uh. <laughs> that was in the March to War, not the All Out War. Mm. But you get busy with things, man. Yeah. So I'd like to get back to reading it issue by issue again, because I think the tension is much better if you do. Like that whole, yeah, it does make it more fun if you yeah, can. Like, like the hunters, the thing that they adapt the terminus from. I read that it's like Bing Bing and it's done. Yeah. Issues, and then they're making a big deal about it in the podcast verse. <laughs> and I'm like, why are they? That that's like nothing. That's like a small part of this. But it wasn't nothing when they read it issue by issue because it took a month and a half. Mm. And people are like getting pulled and away and kidnapped. And they don't know what's going on, and you don't know what's going on for, like, weeks. Yeah. Me, I'm, like, in and out in, you know, like, a couple hours. That was fun. Yeah, okay, (laughs) that was neat. Yeah. But it's like what they did to them at the end of that. That's the kind of, you know, what they did to, uh, what was his name? The head of the the Terminus guy? Oh, uh, shoot. Andrew was the actor... The actors, Gareth, Gareth. That's right. What they do to Gareth and his band of merry men at the end there is mm-hmm. basically what they did in the book. Yeah. And I was like, right on, baby. <laughs> so. All right, well, that's all for this week. Remember to save your, remember to leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com or by posting a comment on our Facebook page. Where's that again, Gary? Uh, Facebook, I think. Uh, yes. Not on Facebook.com exactly. slash Walking Dead Podcast. Yep. And you can also give us a call or give Gary a call at 561-501-1483. Please we'd give like, me something to do. We'd like to, hear, we'd like to hear from you. The voicemail commentary always adds a lot to the show. I wish we could get back to the point that it was when the show first started. People would call mm. in all the time, and it was really a very interesting segment. We have had a few people call in, but, uh, you know, keep them coming back. We uh, we set up the voicemail line because we want to hear from you. So uh, let us know. It really really makes the show better when we have a lot of interaction. Yeah, definitely. All right, Gary, there's never been a better time to be... A nerd! Exactly. So stay safe wherever you live, wherever that may be, and we'll see you back here for our next episode. Hoik. And we thank all of you for not being here today and not having this meeting with me or, or being seen on your way out. Ah!
That's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. Please check out our website for all the latest news and updates at thewalkingdeadpodcast.com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash walkingdeadpodcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at TWDpodcast. If you like the show, let us know what you think. You can email comments and feedback to twdpodcast at gmail.com as well as leave us a review on iTunes. You can also post comments on our website and Facebook page. The Walking Dead podcast can be heard at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Podbean.com, and SoundCloud. If you're an Android user, you can also download a dedicated Android app at PlayerFM.com and the Google Store. Please help support The Walking Dead podcast by visiting our sponsor, Audible.com, and signing up for your free, no-obligation trial membership at AudibleTrial.com forward slash dead. Many of our sound effects are provided courtesy of free SFX. Please check them out for all your sound effects needs at www.freesfx.co.uk. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here for the next episode of The Walking Dead Podcast.